Welcome to The Grounded Catholic, the podcast of Catholic Who's at the University of Virginia. I'm Father Joseph Anthony Kress, and Corinne and I are joined by a special guest today, Kramer Soderberg, a basketball coach and author of a new book, uh, who has some UVA connections and ties, and he's able to sit down with us uh, on a remote interview for our very first time that we have attempted this, and it turned out pretty well. But we had a great conversation about the priority of the Catholic faith and learning from um, lessons in sports and how to apply that really to anybody who is pursuing uh, union with Christ and growth in our Catholic faith. So enjoy it. Uh, Yeah, Corinne, we have a very, very special episode today. We do, yeah, it's, just in time for the students to be moving in. Yeah, and, um, that's official now. So we'll we'll see how back. long it lasts. Uh, but yeah. we're excited to finally see, especially all of our first year students um, mm-hmm. from all over the nation coming into town. And um, yeah, it, it feels like a sem- some kind of semblance of normalcy is getting back into this rhythm. Yeah, which is good. I so. just yesterday I was able to go to mass for. I hadn't been to mass in the new church in a long time and seeing students sitting and it's like, Oh, I wonder if that's going to be their regular spot. Like you recognize where students sit at which masses is like, wow, this is so exciting. We're all finding our, our space. And <laughs> we had a leadership of event last night. Oh, that and, was great. Yeah. Um, so seeing students faces, seeing them in their apartments and houses mm-hmm. and, we had some students <laughs> mention the podcast. Yeah, that came up in our early. They, they were they were giving five star reviews. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. You know who you are out there, Sean. Sean, Sean, and Joey, and yeah. Sean, Sean. I just want to say, Sean said, you know, there are times when Corinne will be saying something very serious, and then you just kind of hear her like break down, and you know it's probably because Father was doing something stupid, or like making a face, or like, and and it's true. That's yeah. usually true. When I'm saying something serious, you're doing something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, all character breaks that down. Our students know us. Like, they, they, they know exactly. But as special and as great as all that is, we also have something else very special today on this episode. Yep. This is our first uh, kind of remote interview. Uh, we have a guest uh, joining us remotely. So um, I would like to introduce uh, Kramer Soderberg, our guest here. So Kramer, thanks for joining us and being our very first guest interview uh, with us today. I'm honored to be your first uh, Skype guest interview or Zoom guest interview. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's exciting to be here and good to see your guys' faces and I'm glad to jump on here with some some fellow Who fans. Here. There we go. There we go. Now, um, many of our students may recognize your last name, Soderberg. You have yes. some connection to the University of Virginia, which I think uh, many of our students will be uh, quick to jump on, but explain the connection for anybody who doesn't know. Yeah, yeah. So my dad um, is the assistant basketball coach um, there at Virginia. Um, he's going into his sixth season there. I believe he got there in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's Tony's assistant, um, and obviously he was a part of the the, the national championship team uh, two years ago, and still reigning champ since That's there right. wasn't one year after. <laughs> That's Just, right. We're gonna cling to that for a long time, but but yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm Brad's son, and I'm currently an assistant basketball coach at Millican University in Decatur, Illinois. So a little bit of a ways from you guys. 
in the heart of the Midwest. But um, yeah, I'm just a college basketball coach, strong Catholic, and um, wanted to get on here and talk with you guys about our faith and um, and whatever else you want to dive into. <laughs> Yeah, we were so delighted to see to see your name pop up. And when I saw when I saw the email, I was like, I I hope this is who I think it is. I hope this is because I mean, your father, we've had him speak at one of our T-SEPs and um, that I mean, that talk still blew me away. I he wasn't he wasn't dumbing things down at all. <laughs> no, nah, he came out firing strong. Yeah, That's I still great. remember. He was like, five points, five points for that I wish I knew or like, you know, that my kids, you know, had heard in college. And it was like, go to mass every day. It's like, whoa. And he, he rattled off the mass schedule of every every Catholic mass in a 20 mile radius <laughs> yeah. of Charlottesville. Yeah. He knew what time they were. Right. Yeah. But uh. it, it was great. And I've gotten to know your dad, um, you know, throughout the years here. And he's been a great support to me um, as a priest and um, a support of the ministry. Yeah. So I'm very, very thankful to him um, in, in all of, all of that. And just being that presence for our students, whether it's at John Paul Jones arena or at the daily mass, you know, when they see him there, um, it continues to encourage them in their own faith. And I think that's part of, you know, you've experienced that on a firsthand basis, uh, you know, being his son, but also how you continue to encourage others and the role of a coach um, to set forth that example. Now, uh, one of the other things that we're going to kind of jump into now and like just totally go into the deep end uh kramer you wrote a book uh when did you complete the book when did it get published i forget yeah yeah so it got published earlier um earlier this year at the beginning of march um the book's called fill your cup for christ um a spiritual journey sown and grown through sports and um so i wrote this book you know from a catholic perspective um with my journey kind of intermingled throughout but by no means an autobiography and by no means um just for athletes i think uh there are sports metaphors and stories mixed in um but it but it's by no means you know only for athletes or um, only for men or only for young people or old people. I think it's um, anybody from any background, any age can take a lot from it. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I've, I've, I was grateful that I, I got a copy early on and was able to read through it. And I come out, out of a very sports-oriented family. Um, and specifically a basketball oriented family. So yeah. it was, it was very enjoyable for me to read in the images, but, um, there's, there's a lot in here. Um, like you said, that is just applicable for anybody who wants to grow in their Catholic faith. And yeah. I was very appreciative of kind of how, um, emphatic you were on it being your Catholic faith, um, that there's there's an importance and there's a great support in the Catholic Church and the truth and the sacraments that we have, and you kind of were able to weave that in. Um, that was something that, after reading the book, it was clear to me that there was a lot of—there's a great importance on the priority of our Catholic faith in our life. Now, like, I know for you that's kind of come through a multiple-year journey. Yeah, but for sure. looking back into that, like, what are some of those— uh, things that you see like, well, because my Catholic faith is so important, this is where it like kind of directs my life, or this is where it influences. Um, kind of those moments where your Catholic faith kind of rose to the surface, um, being that priority. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. And and kind of to start everything off, when I was first writing this book, there was a great, um, you could say, temptation to not make it Catholic. Right to, right to make it kind of just more Christian. And, and, you know, you start thinking about, okay, well, I'll have more, more audience if I just do a Christian book or, mm-hmm. um, you know, more, more people in the athletic world will like this book if, if it's not just Catholic, but because, um, over the years, my Catholic faith has become such an integral part of who I am. I just could not see writing this book without proclaiming the truth of the Catholic faith. Um, and now back to your question, um, for me, it, it was, it, it was a journey for sure. You know, it, it was as a cradle Catholic kid born into a, you know, a devout Catholic family with mom and dad always, you know, making me go to mass. It was one of those things where I did it just because I had to, you know, because mom and dad said, so I think that's a lot of kids can feel that way. Um, and then when you get to college, that, that kind of having to do something because mom and dad take you is no longer there. And for me in college, I fell away. I, I stopped going to mass, um, stopped doing what I was supposed to. Um, and then kind of the, to answer your question, kind of the real worldness of getting out of college, getting engaged, finding a job that started to overwhelm me a little bit. And I said, okay, I need to figure some things out here. Uh, that's when I started to build my relationship with Christ. And that didn't necessarily lead me directly to the Catholic faith fully yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but my love of Christ, the person of Christ, and my relationship with him drove me to say, Jesus, what do you want me to do? What do you desire most from me? And then because of my love of Christ, that led me to searching, okay, what is the truth? What does Christ want me to do here? What does he want me to do there? What has he said in scripture? What All, all those things. And through my pursuit of truth, because of my love of Christ, I found my way to the Catholic Church. And mm-hmm. and then once you start to practice the Catholic faith devoutly, it only expands and explodes <laughs> and you fall more in love uh, with the church. And that's that's what's happened to me. That's such a beautiful story. And one, I think it's easy, like uh, when, because we serve college students, and I think there's the expectation, like, in college, you want to like meet them where they're at and you want them to like come to those realizations when they're in college. And sometimes that that's not like, that's not the time, um, when you arrive at, at the truth. But I think that that's so beautiful that, um, that like, there's so much hope, like even after college, even after we say goodbye to our fourth years, like that they're, they're, they're still like, yeah, life hits you. And, you have to like make a decision. Like, what do I stand for? And when those big things kind of come at you, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's where, like, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where you got to make those decisions. And and father, you mentioned it when we first started is kind of presenting that example, whether it would be my dad, you know, presenting the right. example of daily mass or, or you guys presenting the, the example to the students. For me, that that's where I went is my memory of the examples that I had early on in my life. So I got to this real world part of my life and I started to think I need to get things figured out. And I started to think back, okay, why would dad always go to adoration? Why would he go to daily mass? Why would mom pray the rosary? And those memories kind of sparked, let me try to figure that out and answer those questions. And those examples that I had early on in my life 
although they didn't reap fruit until much later, the seeds were planted early through the examples of my parents. Um, and I think that's what, that what we can do, you know, with, with college kids is plant seeds early, hopefully that they bloom right away, but, but maybe not. And, and hopefully they bloom later. Mm. There, that kind of, um, line you said once you were digging once you were kind of like searching and starting to uncover like oh this makes sense okay i see this you know and with respect to the catholic faith you're like worlds were opened up like this Mm. explosion all this like new experience you're like oh my gosh this is expanding so much and it reminds me of the things that um I think our three most recent popes each have said it in their own ways. Uh, John Paul II, uh, Pope Benedict XVI, and Pope Francis. Um, they've all said pretty much the same thing, just with slight uh, differences and nuances. But I, I'm going to use Pope Francis's words. He says, when uh, you devote yourself to Christ, uh, new horizons open up to you. Mm. You know, your world expands these new horizons um, that you never saw and you realize that there's actually you begin to see with different eyes and that's what one of our favorite lines from uh it's a very dominican thing to say but like grace gives us a guide's eye perspective like it Mm -hmm. actually gives us new sight so we can see a new see fresh see new horizons in that sense um so i think that's really important to kind of like realize is that for the vast majority of um, the presentation of Christianity or the presentation of our Catholic faith is that it is um, a simplistic view and it's not for the intellectual astute. It's not for the educated. It's um, something that is restrictive, but it's the complete opposite. It actually gives freedom and it expands and, and things of that way. Yeah, it, yeah, that's so right on. And it's funny you mentioned that because I was talking recently with my father about this is that I think I think what the watered down kind of Christianity has done is it's is it clings to the feelings, the, the warm, fuzzy feelings, the goosebumps that you might get every so often from a from a song or a, or a preacher. But um, what the Catholic faith has is that I, I get goosebumps and feelings often, but it also has this intellectual side that is so deep and so profound that it's like quicksand once you start to uncover it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, okay, first start looking into the Eucharist. And once you find out about that and, it, you know, explode into the truth of that, then you find something else that you want to go into. And it just keeps on spreading and spreading. And I think for all of us, we're going to face dryness at some point in our faith life. And if, if you're, if you're only in a, in a sect of Christianity that is based on feelings and goosebumps, when that dryness comes, where else can you go to, you know, there's nothing else that you're clinging to. Um, and, and that's what I love about the Catholic faith is there's just so much, there's so much that I can dive into and never stop. I will be studying (laughs) and getting deeper and deeper my whole life. And it, and it's just so exciting. We had uh, a previous episode with um, Austin Fahrenholtz from uh, JMU where we talked about this kind of, we live in a culture that has the primacy of emotions, where emotions are the foundation. Mm -hmm. Emotions are the first thing. The emotions are the only thing that we can build upon because they're the only thing that we can rely upon. They kind of overwhelm us. But that's not how we were created in the image of likeness of God. 
you know right. it's, it's our our intellect informs our will our will directs uh and governs our emotions and so it's like a, the complete reversal or the upside down so uh there's more on that with the episode with austin um if you want to hear that kind of discussion but um <laughs> i want to keep this momentum going where we're like yeah. just let's let's face it we're this is a catholic podcast we're all catholics here and hilariously enough we're all actually cradle catholics uh, yeah. that I realized as you were talking, right. uh, yes. which is great. Um, yeah. But what, like, we, we're talking about the, like, not dumbing down, not kind of watering down these things, but, like, what what is the one um, kind of either, I, I don't want to say aspect of the Catholic faith or unique Catholic-specific yeah. thing that uh, is the most important to you? Um, well, I mean, obviously, when you when you dive into that category, I think I think easy answer for me is when anybody says, why are you Catholic? I say the Eucharist first. Mm -hmm. um, that, that that's just that's just just as compelling as can be. Um, and and I and I talk about it in my book. I, I wrote a little parable or analogy, and I use this with anybody who asks is I, I pose the question that if if Jesus himself, the, the true man his body, he was standing up before you, and he was at a certain church, whether that be non-denominate, whatever church it may be, if he was at that church, would you go? <laughs> and and everybody says yes, right? If, if the true Jesus is at first Christian church for me down the road, I'm going there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going there. Um, and long story short, there's only one church in the world that claims that, and that's the Catholic church. So there's no option for me. And if you're not Catholic, that then poses the question that you better figure out if that's true or not. Mm -hmm. Because if it's true and you're not going, then you got your priorities a little mixed up. Um, and if it is true, then that means you're there. If Jesus Christ is there, I'm there. And that's what the Catholic Ooh. Church, um, that's what the Catholic Church offered me. And that's what I love about it is that I receive Christ's body, blood, soul, and divinity into myself every day when I go to Mass. Uh, daily mass and every Sunday when I go to, to Sunday mass. Yeah, I think that's such a beautiful point too, because it takes some of the pressure off of us too, of, of trying to find the right church. Like, but I, you know, it needs to have better music or the preaching should be a lot better. Or, you know, I need to find like my best friends there. I yep. need to find the perfect community. It has to have all of these perfect elements and, but when you get down to it, I mean, who are we actually there for? Are we there to like satisfy something in our, in ourselves, like to get some experience or are we there to encounter Christ? And I, I love the way that you put that because that is exactly why we go to mass. That's such a great, um, a great thing to just kind of recall and sit with just to kind of let sink in again. Like when we go to mass, we're not going for all of these external things, which my mom is a convert. And so going and visiting grandparents for holidays, like that's what it was. It was like, oh, you know, well, we go to this church because we like this pastor and we have our community yeah. there and all these different things. And, and it was so cool whenever we traveled, we're like, well, okay, where's the nearest Catholic church? And it was like, yeah. this priest might have just put everyone to sleep. And there, there's one church I went to where the, the deacon actually did put the priest to sleep during his homily. <laughs> but it's, it's like, regardless of how, you know, kind of ridiculous it is, regardless of how human yeah. it can be, like Jesus mm. is there. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. you know, yeah. the human, you know, elements of the church, as we all know, are very broken and reveal that, but that doesn't, 
um, it doesn't stop the the grace of God and, and his presence and his divine presence, even in the midst of uh, the human side of it all. Mm-hmm. And um, I know you've probably experienced this. I've experienced it a little bit. I know for sure your dad has, but like that kind of comfort of no matter where you go, you know, oh, when you walk into a Catholic church, that is Jesus. There's so many times where like I joke yes. sometimes and you walk into other religious buildings uh and you're like they've taken my lord i don't know where they put them you like <laughs> you know like what this does they're, they're, mm. this is empty there there's something missing but you walk into a church and you know there's a deeper presence there and yep. it's, it's a really spectacular thing but like that's a great gift in itself to us as catholics that no matter where yes. we travel internationally nationally we know um we can roll up into a Catholic church and mass is going to be mass. Jesus is going to be Jesus. Um, Yeah. The universality of the mass is what's so beautiful about the Catholic church. And my, my, again, my dad said this to me the other day, he went, he went and recruited in Greece, uh, maybe last summer or the summer before. And he found a Catholic mass. And although it was in a different language, he knew exactly what was going on. Yeah. He he, he couldn't respond in the native language, but he knew what point of the mass it was. He knew when the consecration was happening, even though it was happening in a different language and he was still able to receive the Lord. Wow. I mean, yeah, it's, it's the Eucharist, the sacraments, the great, these are the, the brilliance of the will of God to continually, uh, redeem his people, draw his people back to himself, and you just see it um, throughout all of Scripture. But it's active in the sacraments and primarily the Eucharist that we are uh, being drawn back to to God there. Now, um, oh man, I could I could talk about this so much right Father, now. If I, if I could take us a, a different avenue, yeah. kind of answering the same question. Yeah. Um, another thing I love about the faith, and we discussed this a little bit before, is from a from an athletic side for me and as a coach and an athlete what i love about the catholic faith is um how hard it is yeah <laughs> it, it's, it's not for it's the faint of heart it is not for the faint of heart it, it it is not for the lukewarm um there there are things about our our faith and what our church teaches that are difficult um you know like for me um going to confession is difficult um, you know, trying to pray the rosary every day is difficult. Um, the theology of the body was, was something that was really challenging for me when I got into my marriage and trying to conform my life with my wife to, to the, to the church's teaching on sexuality. That's difficult. So all these things that, that make our church hard is what I believe makes it so good because everyone knows that no matter who you are, Everyone knows that if you're pursuing something great, whether it be a gold medal, whether it be, um, you know, an advancement in your career, whether it be straight A's at UVA, it is going to be hard. It it is not going to be easy. Um, And and that's what I've clung to so much with the Catholic Church is that when I first started as I was like, why does it, why do I have to do that? That's dumb. I, I shouldn't have to do that. Or why can't I just confess to Jesus by myself in my room and go all these things that I thought were too difficult or didn't make sense or kind of pushed me a little further than I wanted to go is what I've learned to just love about it because I am being pushed to a level of sainthood that I, that I wouldn't have gone anywhere else, but the Catholic church. I, I find that, um, 
incredible and something that I think back to like my my own like kind of claiming the faith as my own you know as cradle Catholics you all have to go through that moment where it's no longer just what your parents are telling you but and that that happened to me like right before like right around college and it was seeing like I I don't know if if other denominations of other like churches really um kind of praise and draw attention to martyrs the way that the Catholic Church does and mm-hmm. I remember being so captivated by um these martyrs these people that are so in love that they would lay down their life like in some really drastic horrible ways and I remember being like why is that why do I find that so beautiful why is that like yeah like let's go (laughs) when it you know some of these are really gruesome stories but there's something so Mm. beautiful that somebody is so passionately in love with with their faith with god that they would go through these extreme sacrifices. there's something that like draws the human heart and the human spirit to that kind of challenge that kind of love that kind of like sacrifice Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so i i think that's yeah spot on we love a challenge yeah, it's the same as it's the same as when, you know, when basketball players get motivated by when they hear um, Kobe Bryant's worth work ethic, oh my you know, gosh. Kobe yeah. Bryant, he woke up at 2am and he would work out four times a day. Like those type of stories are exactly what we get from the Catholic saints is it's this extreme explosion of Catholic faith. You know, for me, it was like, when I heard that Padre Pio was saying 30 to 50 rosaries a day, I was like, <laughs> are you joking me? That's absurd. I'm trying to get one in a day and this guy's doing 30. You know, it's it's just unbelievably motivating and inspiring. Um, and that's it's just the beauty of our church is so profound. But that challenge that you just mentioned is is so true. Everybody wants a challenge because everybody knows when you're pursuing greatness, it's going to be hard. And we're pursuing greatness. We're pursuing heaven. We're pursuing sainthood. And that's not going to come easy. It's going to come with challenges and difficulties. But we're, we're striving for it. Yeah. I, I love, love, love that image where you're like, when you hear about the greatness of a Kobe Bryant or a LeBron James, you're just like, that blows my mind. But it doesn't blow my mind to think like, oh, this is somebody who's just superhuman and right. whatever. But it's like, it's the encouragement. Okay, if he can do that, I know he has much, much, much more natural talent than I have. But I could probably push myself a little harder than what I'm doing right now. Exactly. You know? And like I remember as a, as a kid, uh, it's probably showing my age, but as a kid, my, my basketball idol was Larry Bird you know, from the Midwest. I grew up in Ohio. So like basketball country, you know, small town, small town boy from, uh, you know, small town, uh, French Lick, Indiana, it becomes one of the greatest, uh, shooters of all time. And like, I would just spend hours in my backyard hitting, uh, three throws, throwing the ball off the back of the house, three, two, one, and launching a three pointer. And it goes rolling down the hill because I missed it, but I would do it until I made it. You know, and just like thinking also hearing the words of Christ to say like, okay, we must become like little children in order to enter the kingdom of God. So the more I become like a child in looking up to these saints that are like my spiritual Larry Bird, if you want to call him that, uh, which I just did. Don't worry about it. (laughs) But like it's, you know, I'm going to be like keep trying, striving until I get some 
form of imitation because you know i also hear the words of saint paul imitate me as i imitate christ because I know what they're doing, how they love the poor, how they spend their time in prayer and in contemplation of the mysteries of God. They're imitating Christ. So if I can strive to be closer to them, be encouraged by their lives, I think that's a huge um, asset of our Catholic faith is mm-hmm. that we're not left to figure it out by ourselves, but we have these Absolutely. great examples in front of us. It's- right, right. And it's I, I, I love that you said that. And what what can come from that pursuit or or thinking about pursuing it could be a level of fear of failure. Um, oh my gosh. You know, and, and yeah, that 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 topic I think is so relevant for um, everyone, whether it be a student or a professional or an athlete or a coach, is that fear of failing, um, especially when you're pursuing something great, like you know, like we all are pursuing heaven. That fear of failure. Um, is, is something that can can scare you. Um, but my book, the the title, Fill Your Cup for Christ, um, that image, um, and if, if I can, I'll, I'll stem to the story a little bit to, to kind of put a backdrop. I was going to ask you to go back to that. So this okay. is, you're, you got free reign Perfect. to go with this. I want, <laughs> I, want, I want you to tell this story. It's great. Yeah, yeah. So when I was in sixth grade, my dad was the head coach at St. Louis University, um, and he was putting on a basketball camp. And one of the days he, he called all the campers together to center court and he, he decided to give a little talk to the campers. And I was annoyed by it because I didn't want to listen to my dad talk. I wanted to play. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I sat down and he said, we're going to introduce you to, um, I'm going to introduce you to some basketball players today. So I got excited because I thought it was going to be his players, but he pulled out of his backpack, three different size cups. There was a big 64 ounce guzzler, uh, a medium sized like drinking glass, about 12 ounces, and then a small Dixie cup. And through that kind of analogy that he gave, he basically told us, I don't care how big your cup is. All that matters is how much water you put in your cup or how much you get out of the potential that you've been uh, given by God. And on the ride home, he actually kind of turned to me and said, Kramer, just so you know, you're the, you're the small cup. Um, because he knew due to my gene pools, if you've ever met my dad, he's, he's stretching. If you tell him he's five, nine, um, he knew I wasn't going to be, he knew I wasn't going to be above six foot. He knew I wasn't going to be very athletic and he knew I wanted to play division one college basketball and how hard that was going to be. So for him, giving me that analogy was, took the pressure off of me to achieve the goal. It, it, it said the pressure isn't about getting where you want to go. The pressure is about each day filling your cup to the top. So as long as you put everything you have into achieving your goal each day and you fill your cup to the top, you don't have to worry about anything else. Whether you get to your goal or not, you, you have found success. Mm-hmm. And I think the analogy is so beautiful in translation to our spiritual life in that it doesn't matter what gifts God has given us or what platforms he has given us. We might be a famous Christian singer or we might be um, a janitor, but, but that's irrelevant. All that matters is that we do the very best we can each day in the vocation that we've been given and glorify God through that. And if we do that, that's success. That's success in Christ's eyes. In the world's eyes, it might not be success, but in Christ's eyes, it is. Um, so that's kind of the story of the title, where the title came from and how I related that to our spiritual pursuits. What a great 
dad move. I mean, that's that's so that's a, a great way to motivate um, to motivate a kid. I I can't imagine hearing that and just like yeah, what a weight off of yeah. just being like okay. I know, I know what's expected of me. I know what I can give. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of I, one of the missionaries a few years back told a story about, um, or just challenged everyone. Like it's, it's not about, you know, I think we can get really fixated on, you know, that one line in scripture of like, be perfect as my heavenly father is perfect. Jesus tells us and perfection and especially Ooh. UVA, like perfection is a very high standard right. and, mm -hmm like there there is so much fear of failure and not meeting that you know yes. which degree of perfection it's not even like you know just perfection but like to what degree of perfection can you attain everybody's competing for that um but to to realize like it's not about reaching that perfection but i remember it was it was tim he challenged he's like how can you just be one percent better um each day like how can you just improve by one percent um, and yeah, like it's, it's not about what the world is telling us. It's not about the standards that are, are, you know, even our, our professors our our peers, you know, society is putting on us, but Christ is the one that sets the standard. Absolutely. And I like that question of perfection is being, is perfection outside of me? Am I trying to be something outside Ooh. of me? Yeah. Like the way you were describing is like my goal of division one basketball scholarship. Like I was trying to conform myself to something very much outside of me when our perfection as the heavenly father is perfect is actually union with Christ who he moves first to unite himself to us in baptism. And so actually right. our perfection is more of an interior a conformation to Christ and not something that is outside of us. Um, and so I think it's like when you look at that and kind of using your analogy is it's a, it's introspective, not egotistical, but it's introspective to say like, what has Christ given me? What are, uh, mm -hmm. what do I have and how do yeah. I like fill that? How do, like you said, fill it to the brim and dare we, and dare we envision that Christ will actually make it overflow? I think right. we can. And absolutely. And it's, there's, you know, another image I also use is, is the story of, of the wedding at Cana where, you know, one of my Mary, favorites, Mary's, big fan. Mine too. Mary says, do whatever he tells them or do whatever he tells you. And he tells them, fill the jars to the brim. <laughs> and that image again is, is the idea for us is filling our cup to the top and then allowing Christ to change our water into wine. Yeah. We, we can't white knuckle our way into heaven. We can't muscle it or we can't do the work. We cannot become perfect on our own by any means, but us striving for perfection along with God's grace will get us to where we need to get. Um, and, and just like you said, that fear, that fear of failure goes away when, when you don't cling to the goals, you know, so if it's mm -hmm. that UVA student who I'm trying to get into law school, I got to get a 4.0 throughout my yeah. career. If, if you cling to that, the fear is going to take you away from you know, your, your utmost potential. But if you cling to every day, I'm going to fill my cup to the top today, I'm going to get in the library. I'm going to do as much as I can to, to, to do well on this next exam. If you just focus on daily filling your cup to the top, 
the goals may or may not come, but at the end of it, you can say, no, I've, I gave my all to achieve the goal. And if I didn't achieve it, I've still reached success because I gave it everything I got. If you do achieve it, great. If you don't, God has a better plan for you, but you still know that you gave everything you have. That, that's what takes the fear away, is, is not clinging to the goal or, or keeping your eyes fixed on what may or may happen in the future, but, but hanging on to each moment and giving your all um, to be the best you can be for Christ's sake. Yeah. Mm. Um, we have a, a few minutes left, but I, I want to ask kind of a, a question that we didn't prep about or we, we hadn't talked about, yeah. but um, I'm fascinated and I know that you've, you've probably, you have some personal experience in this, but uh, I hope our listeners understand that you are pretty unabashedly Catholic, that your identity is in being a, a son of the heavenly father in union with Jesus Christ and you follow him in, in that way. Um, as a coach, you also have a tremendous influence on a number of young, um, in your case, young men who are yep. um, uh, who are athletes. How how is it for you to integrate your Catholic faith into uh, uh, an arena, let's call it, that is not necessarily the most receptive to people who are yes. unabashedly Catholic? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's um, it's one of those things you have to be um, you have to be sly as a fox sometimes, but then there's also moments where you have to be you have to be exuberant about it. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously, working at a at a non denominational university, I can't pull a guy by the ear and say you're coming to church with me. But <laughs> by the way I by the way I live, and I hope by the example that I give, my players see something different in me. That's a man. Why is Coach Sody always so fired up or so joyful? Or why you know when his kids come in the gym, why does he love his wife and his children that way? And I hope that through my example and and the relationships that I build that my kids feel comfortable enough to to come into me personally and start diving into maybe those questions that are a little bit deeper um, and I've I've had the great joy of building great relationships with kids and we do on individual basis get into why do I believe in the Catholic faith and not this faith and and then I do get into a point where hey why don't you I know I'm going to daily mass tomorrow why don't you come with me um, and, and just putting out those offers um, so I don't punch them in the face with my Catholic faith, but I, I also do not hide my Catholic faith by any means. So there's definitely a, a, an important balance that I have to have, um, but it is important to me to, to be very open about it. And uh, I just got on Instagram a little while ago and started my own kind of Catholic ministry there. Um, and that's been great because I am just just spouting off as much Catholic information as possible. <laughs> What's that called? Your Instagram? So my, yeah, my um, account is a Catholic coach, a Catholic coach um, is my Instagram. And yeah, I just, I just love putting out information that I've learned and love talking about how much I love my Catholic faith. And it's, it's been a great joy to kind of begin my ministry through my book, through speaking opportunities, and now through social media. And uh, I hope to continue on that path. That's an incredible apostle that the Lord's called you to. We're so I, glad to have gotten to experience yeah. some of that today. Thank so, you. No, we, um, I think we're very appreciative of, of the work that you're doing 
um, and really kind of taking the time to put it all together in a, a wonderful book, like like we said, that is accessible to uh, athletes and non-athletes, but um, for those that come out of an athletic perspective, it, it has a, a beautiful language to it, but it's also, it's, it's challenging, but um, loved having you on today, and thank you for taking the time out of the day to join us uh, for this. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, we look forward to the, hopefully we'll bring you on next time, maybe talk about uh, being a father and a husband and, and all that fun stuff, because I'm go. sure that uh, you, you got some good insights there. Um, maybe, we can, maybe we can get the old man on here too. Oh, oh my gosh. So that, would be, that would be hilarious. But oh, yes, yes, the public invite is out there to uh, Coach Soderberg that uh, there you he can join us next time and have fun ones. <laughs> so, but yeah. Um, Thank you for everything. Like I said, the title of your book is "Fill Your Cup with For Christ," and uh, you can be uh, you can follow Coach Soderberg on Instagram at a Catholic Coach, um, and we'll look forward to much more from you in the future. So, thanks for being with us tonight. Thanks, guys. God bless. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Grounded Catholic. Thank you to Kramer for joining us and kind of working through all the the fun times and getting this interview set up. But please, please, please give Kramer a follow on Instagram. Once again, his handle is a Catholic coach and uh, check out his new book. You can find it on Amazon. The title of the book is Fill Your Cup for Christ. So I highly recommend the book and following him. It's always good to see his post. Um, you know, it, it brightens up your, your Instagram feed with a little bit of uh, scripture quotes and encouragement in the Catholic faith. So thank you to Kramer for joining us today on this episode. And we're hoping that we'll have more interviews in the future. So if you have uh, some people you'd like to have us join on the podcast or anything along those lines, please let us know and uh, we'll try to make it happen. As always, you can uh, like or please like and sh share this podcast and subscribe. We're found on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. And you can also find us on our website, catholicwhos.org slash podcast. That's catholicwhos.org slash podcast. Thank you very much and God bless.